Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence one stripe at a time. And now, here are our hosts, James Foxall and Wes McDonald. And hey, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. I'm your host with the most, Wes McDonald. Uh, this is one of those podcasts that I think is really important right now. We're going to be talking about, you know, businesses on, you know, how they're moving uh, through business in the time of COVID-19. So a really good set of guests today. James Foxall, thank you very much for being on the call today. Always my pleasure. And uh, Jeff Bendix, thank you very much. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for having me. And uh, Joel Vaslo, thank you for being here as well. Thank you for having me, West. And last but never least, uh, Kevin Morris. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me, Wes. Appreciate it. So what I'm going to get you to do in a, in a second is introduce yourselves. That's how I like to do things on this show. And I always say introduce, you know, the, uh, your business function as well as one personal thing about you that people may not know. So as your host, Wes McDonald, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is that I've actually been fishing with three out of four of you. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to have that fishing trip again as planned. So... That oh really man, that's bums me out. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed that we do it later in the year. So, uh, James, why don't you introduce like yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, James Foxall, um, oftentimes a uh, co-host with West and a guest today. Um, Tiger Paw Software. We've been around about thirty-six years now, I think. My father originally started the company in 84, and I took over about a decade ago. Uh, a little known fact about me, we've done so many of these, I feel like I've shared most of them. Uh, here's one. We needed some kind of physical activity. I've got uh, three college kids living with me right now. So we have a rec center at Tiger Paw, and, and nobody's really allowed in there because the employees are all working from home. So we all went in there one evening with uh, laser level tape measures and tape and we made a pickleball court in the rec center so we've been playing some pickleball uh when we can get out there oh that's super sweet i wish you could be there for a game we wouldn't let you that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) well good you're practicing social distancing (laughs) but when things get better we'll have you down we'll play some pickleball (laughs) and uh jeff bendix if you could introduce yourselves for our listeners sure yeah jeff bendix uh president owner of uh Bendix Imaging. This is uh, actually our 20th year in business, so we're celebrating that this year amidst all this other craziness. Uh, let's see, personal thing. Uh, you know, many people know that uh, kind of one of my little side gigs in the uh, summertime is we do professional fireworks and just finalize things up today, next weekend, uh, just to kind of give people a little bit of excitement and get their minds off of all of this pandemic uh, garbage for a while. We're doing a big community free fireworks show for the entire area here. And the mayor's putting her blessing on it and announcing it. So should be a good time next weekend. Just get everybody out of the house and uh, an enjoyable evening. And uh, Joel, introduce yourself. I'm Joel Vaslow. I'm the uh, chief operating officer here at Tiger Paw Software. I've been with Tiger Paw approximately two years, just a little bit shy of two years. Something that my Tiger Paw teammates know about me, but others might not know about me, is um, despite the fact that I turned 50 just a couple of weeks ago, um, I still eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich almost every single day for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. True story. I've seen it. Well, I'm telling you, man, that's uh, what, what's keeping you looking so young. I'm going to have to start doing that myself. Peanut butter and jelly on white bread. It's the way to All go. All right. 
Starting tomorrow. Chunky or creamy? On a white bread. Creamy. <laughs> creamy. All right. It's the only way to go. Hey, uh, Kevin Morris. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm Kevin Morris, the uh, CEO and president of OneDoc Managed Print Services. Um, our company has been around as a straight MPS player for 10 years now. I've been selling MPS for 20 years and have been in the industry uh, since 1982 when I was four years old. So, nonetheless, <laughs> been around uh, the business for a for a very, very long time. Uh, something a lot of people probably don't know about me is I actually have a degree in engineering, which explains a lot if you really think about it. But nonetheless, uh, through, through my travels, I've become kind of an architectural nut, you know, knowing engineering and things of that nature, especially when it comes to churches and religious structures. Uh, one other thing people don't know is I actually have uh, a filet and a lobster with a 82 Chateaubriand every night. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living nice. the dream. Wow. I got to become We'd an engineer. No less. Hey, uh, I'm going to change gears a little bit here because obviously, you know, we are all on this call today because we are uh, business professionals that are living through this pandemic. One of the things that I do, I'm a big believer in, in learning and, and finding ways to give back that you're comfortable with. So I'm, I'm on the uh, Nebraska board for Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a global organization of entrepreneurs. Uh, I think there's about 30,000 members, if I'm not mistaken. And to see the way some companies are absolutely struggling. You know, I've got a very good friend of mine who just opened a multi-million dollar facility, a second facility. He's basically a, calls it a children's fun factory, but it's gymnastics, right? You know, stopped, completely stopped. Revenue stopped. Employees have nothing to do. Um, I've seen other companies, um, travel companies, catering. Another good friend of mine's got a big catering company. I had to furlough a couple dozen people. You know, it is really a challenge. But what I have also seen at the same time is the technology side um, and some of the people that we serve, and some are doing very, very well. Uh, you know, with the, the push and move to remote workforces, a lot of people oh, sure. did not have the technology or knowledge to staff up, right? So um, it's been interesting, and it, and, it, and it just has reinforced for me the idea that chaos breeds opportunity. So while there's an awful lot of suffering on the planet today, and I do not want to diminish that, for others, it's actually, from a business perspective, been a very good opportunity. Yeah, and that's an interesting segue, and I'll, and I'll actually probably move over to Jeff Bendix. You've actually uh, started doing managed IT services with your organization, right? So what, what are you seeing as some Correct. of the, the challenges, both on the managed print side, and as James just pointed to, some of the opportunities on the, uh, on the technology side? IT services have definitely helped us out, uh, and we were probably five years ago started really going down that path and, and putting a concerted amount of time and effort and resources towards it. It's really been paying off the last couple of years. But uh, it, as with anything, you know, from when you get a new computer or even if Windows just changes version, people are, you know, it's human nature. They're kind of resistant to change. And uh, in, this, in this climate, a lot of people have had to change. So it's, it's actually been uh, very helpful in, in, in that standpoint because people that can't go to work or can't go to church or school or whatever, the technical capabilities of everybody in the country have risen quite a bit, I think, um, just because they have no, no choice but to learn how to do things. Um, and, of course, there's challenges with that and, you know, uh, a lot of extra questions and training and, and different things like that. But uh, um, it's, uh, it, it's been an interesting couple of months, to say, to say the least. 
Well, and I, I think there's certainly no business right now on planet Earth that hasn't had to learn to do some kind of uh, remote working, right? And Joel, maybe you can talk about that a bit uh, and how uh, we're dealing with that at Tiger Paw, because you've gone from really, you know, having an entire uh, workforce at your fingertips within the building uh, to, as James mentioned, the odd pickleball game, uh, and that's it. So, so what are you doing with the employees remotely? You know, what's changed? What do you think is going to, you know, come back or, or s stay as it is now? So uh, as we approached the, the challenge of um, enabling our, our entire workforce to, to work from home, um, the first challenge that we had was the technology challenge. And while we had the technology for any of our employees one by one to remo uh, work from home, uh, making sure that everybody had the absolute best work from home uh, scenario from a technology standpoint was um, a bit more of a challenge than we anticipated, making sure that people had phones and we had the right number of Zoom licenses and uh, people who were used to working on multiple monitors in the building, making sure that they had um, access to additional monitors, maybe that we took out of storage or did they just took off their desk from here and, and then webcams uh, so that we could actually see folks. That was uh, one of the challenges that we, we faced. Second challenge for us was replacing uh, spontaneous in-person conversations. So everybody being together in the building, um, there's a lot of lot of spontaneity in our building. There's quite a bit of spontaneity, not always. Um, um, for, for work, there's, there's a lot of the fun stuff, which we actually have, uh, have been trying to replace as well. But just from a work standpoint, um, spontaneous conversations about um, a customer challenge or a development um, opportunity that we were working on. Uh, we really worked hard to make sure that every team uh, had multiple opportunities to check in every day so that we could uh, see if we could catch some of those spontaneous things. The third thing has actually been an ongoing challenge, and I think it continues to be our biggest challenge with our team, which is their mental health and well-being. All of us who are experiencing it, even though I'm still coming to the office myself, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with some of the absolute sameness. The, 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 you know, the feeling of being on a hamster wheel or just the, you know, the, the movie Groundhog Day, uh, just everything's the same every single day, staring at my computer, staring at Zoom meetings and Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. And I realized, and, and, and James and I have had multiple conversations about it, we realized that it's, uh, it's the same for our team. And even if we've enabled them technologically to work from home um, and that we're checking in with them and trying to open those lines of communication, uh, there's things that they're, they're dealing with from the sameness, but also things they're dealing with just from the, the stress and uncertainty of the current situation. Um, so some of the things that we're doing, we're, we're trying to really insert our quirky, fun and friendly culture into our Zoom meetings. Um, our weekly huddle meetings. Uh, I, I started it with just wearing a goofy hat each each time, and and now it's uh, it's taken on a life of its own, which I was hoping that it did. And there's lots of people dressing up and doing different things. Uh, we have weekly happy hours that our team organized um, to do more than just get together, but actually to, to play games together. Not any pickleball, unfortunately. Um, and no, lots uh, of Pictionary. Yeah, a lot, lot of on, <laughs> online Pictionary. We've had uh, other members of our team organize lunches every single day. They're just a standing Zoom meeting where people can just drop in and interact with each other. We wrote a blog about it for the Tiger Paw website, and that's one of those things that I think universally it seems to be an afterthought uh, is how people are doing, right? So the blog that you know we kind of put out there mm -hmm. asking the most important question of the day, which is how are you doing, right? And that's certainly one thing I've always appreciated about, like Joel, you and I have a call every week. Uh, James, anytime you connect with me, uh, the first thing you ask is, how are you doing? How are things going? Well, Wes, and we have to remember, you know, we're, we're very grateful. And our employees are grateful that we're in a position where 
everybody can work from home, and it's at this point in time, everybody has their jobs. Nobody's job at Tiger Paw is threatened, right? We've, we've, we've gotten ourselves there at least today. But we can't forget that some of these people are working from home, and they're also now their primary child care provider. You know, they don't have the daycare. So they're, they're trying to do their work for us while also having a five- and a seven-year-old in the house. My kids are college age. I, I can't even imagine trying to get my work done with that going on. So being, being mindful and respectful, because it would be easy for us to say, hey, they got jobs. They should just be grateful for that. But I don't think that's good enough, and I think that takes the person out of the equation. Everybody who's working from home has their own set of challenges, whether it's their chair at home isn't as comfortable, their chair at the office, or they've got yeah. kids to take care of, or they've got distant family members that are struggling. I mean, everybody's got a journey they're on, and our job is to constantly try to figure out how can we add some levity, how can we add some support. Uh, we're doing some drops. Uh, I don't, well, we don't know who's going to hear this. The employees aren't going to hear this until later, but we're literally <laughs> going to be dropping off gifts at all of their porches in a safe manner to surprise them, just to let them constantly know we're thinking of them. I'm always, we're always asking, what can we do for you? And, and just being mindful of them as people, because I think it's, it becomes this weird distance thing through Zoom, and you can dehumanize the whole thing if you're not careful. Yeah, and those efforts are tremendous, and, and I'm seeing examples of that throughout the industry. Hey, uh, Kevin, I, I want to you know, bring you into this now because a lot of the challenges that you know, James and Joel have been talking about you know, for helping people to work remotely, um, I've known you for a lot of years, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you started your business as 100% you know, virtual. Is that correct? That is correct. Back in uh, 2009, we started this company, and it was, it was kind of funny. Whenever um, I created our, our company that we have now, I had to make a decision on a couple of things. Uh, if you remember back in 2009, we were in the middle of a recession back in yep. the U.S., and I had to decide where I was going to invest my money. And I could either invest it in people or and, and different software platforms to make us more functional than our competitors, or I could invest it in office buildings and, and warehouses and things of that nature. And funny how it worked out, but we've been virtual since 2009. So <laughs> we, we're way ahead of the game in this arena. Matter of fact, one of the radio ads that I'm running right now, I talk about the fact that we were already built for COVID-19 back in 2009. I mean, literally 11 years ago. So, you know, we know, we understand how to do this. Plus every one of my employees is, you know, is remote. Okay. They all work out of their own homes. So they're all set up and functional, you know, and have been well, you know, well before this issue came up. So, you know, Kevin, when I met you and we were fishing, you were telling me about it. I could not wrap my head around that idea. I actually have a much better picture of it today. (laughs) (laughs) But you did. Yeah, you you uh, you blazed the trail that that few have have done. But I wouldn't be surprised if the way you did that doesn't become I won't say maybe the norm, but more widespread. Are people going to continue to have a portion of their workforce now that works from home that maybe didn't before? I think that's one of the changes you're going to see. You know, uh, one of the things that you said we were going to talk about is, you know, what change you're going to see in the future based beyond this. And I think that a lot of companies, uh, you know, will will actually embrace this. Uh, many years ago, I actually stepped out of the industry uh, for a few years uh, with a little small company called ADP, Automatic Data Process. You might have heard of them. And um, I, uh, I ran the sales organization for the East Coast, and all of my people were all remote. So, I mean, I've had experience with having remote salespeople, you know, now for 30 years. So, I mean, I'm used to this. And, you know, we, as far as changing our habits with our salespeople, 
we really haven't had to change at all. The only thing we've needed to make sure of are they taking care of themselves and their family? And from a customer interaction standpoint, are you utilizing technology more so today than you did maybe prior to COVID-19 from the standpoint of meetings using GoTo or Zoom or whatever the case may be? I mean, that's that's the only real change we've seen, you know, internally. Now, externally, we've seen a lot of customer pushback. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people just not wanting to make decisions. They're scared. Yeah. You know, they're worried, about, they're worried about cash flow, things of that nature. And the one thing that, you know, really surprised me was that we were, I've been on a couple of BTA conference calls and they've done a poll on the conference calls, you know, how long can you cash flow your business? And depending on the poll, 15 to 17% of the dealers said they couldn't do it past 30 days, which that is scares incredible. the heck out of me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's 30 days. I mean, so I think what's going to happen is the M&A market is probably going to ramp up with companies trying to buy dealers on the cheap over the next, you know, three to six months. I, I have no doubt that that's going to happen. Well, and I, you know, I think the important thing, though, too, is that uh, at this time, there are probably companies that are actually dreaming of some kind of exit like that, right? Like to have somebody step in and say, please take care of my customers. Because th that is the other ugly side of, of what we're going through now. I mean, the statistics of how many uh, companies, not just in our space, not just in uh, the office equipment world or the managed IT services world, but globally, you know, how many of these smaller businesses are going to be able to survive, right? It is a, well, it's, it's a hard thought. But, you know, for working remotely, uh, because you've been doing it so long, I've, I've been doing it myself. One of the things I hear oftentimes is that you can't develop a sales culture unless your people are actually in the office, right? So how, what advice can you give people out there now that have these sales forces that are, uh, that are remote and they've got to still inspire them to try and make sales? Well, it all comes down to the people you hire. And, you know, that with our company, because we call on nothing but C-level people, I have to hire a little different type of person than, say, the average dealer does. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jeff would agree. He's got some people that can call on C-level. He's probably got some that can't. And I think that goes along with anybody, whether you're at Tiger Prawl or any other company in, you know, around. And that's why, you know, through our hiring process, we, we look at people who want to run their own business in reality. And so it, we really, truly hire a different type of person who actually can succeed in this arena versus maybe not quite as well in an office environment. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're really uh, creating an entrepreneurial platform for them as if they're business owners under your business, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And we look at P&L with each and every one of these people. I mean, they all have little mini businesses underneath, you know, underneath the domain of, uh, of my company. So it's, it's a little different structure. Well, it's a whole lot different structure in reality than it is with most other companies that are in our industry. So, so I think uh, what, Kevin, what you just shared before about um, hiring people who would do better working on their own as opposed to in the office is really interesting as we think about what the future holds. Because I do think, uh, I mean, certainly companies like TigerPod, we're, we're going to be more open to a remote environment or remote employment. Um, but I think it, it really takes the right person to be successful in those roles. And I know for certain we have a number of people in our building who are just uh, hungry for more interaction with their teammates in person and just absolutely hate what's going on right now. There are other members of our team who are thrilled to just be at home and have a 12-step have a, a commute from their bed to their, to their desk. Um, but you know, going forward, I think while with this situation has proven that uh, it can be done, uh, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to want it to be done from a, either from an employee or an employer perspective. 
Yeah, yeah. It uh, it really depends on the the company and how it's structured and the role that each person plays. Uh, like both Kevin and and Joel said, you know, it takes the right person in 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 the right in, in the right seat. But uh, some people can thrive at a remote um, working environment, and some people have a little more challenges. Thing that's been going through my head is uh, wondering about uh, just across all different industries. You know, virtually every industry has people working remotely. How impactful are they being? How much um, uh, more productive uh, could they be in certain positions because there's not all the regular routine in the office distractions and interruptions that are happening. So um, I think there's, there's a lot of people that can get just as much or more work done in a shorter amount of time and have more, more personal time to spend with their families and things. So we're going to discover that now. And to Joel's point, you know, there's going to be a mix of those people. I would think that going forward that we're all going to see a certain portion of people that, you know, will work uh, better remotely and probably more uh, penchant for letting them do that. And then the other group of people, which are, are going to be so thrilled to get back into the office environment. Right. And listen, I want to take you gentlemen into uh, another direction now, right? What kind of inspiring things have you seen going through this? Right. And, you know, certainly I'll, I'll share one of my own stories because it is directly related to Tiger Paw that, you know, James and Joel, you guys have done a really good job of making sure uh, that you've kept all of your people on board today, right? And, and I've, I, I work with, and I know probably everyone on this call does, with so many people that have been, you know, furloughed. And, and I know that doesn't come without a cost. So for me personally, that's been really inspirational to see what you've done there, right? Maybe share your own stories. And James, maybe we'll start with you. Um, a couple things that have been very inspirational. First is how some of our team members took it upon themselves to find a way to foster the culture being both separated. As Joel said, there's a, a standing Zoom meeting from noon to one every day. Totally optional. You can show up for a minute, you can show up for an hour, and it's different people, different day, come and go. It's just like a lunchroom. And that was started by, by uh, Blaine, who is a social beast. She, she just, she craves that interaction with people. Um, she also helped organize some of the games that we do on our Friday happy hour every Friday at four o'clock. Um, so seeing how, um, seeing how people have risen up, um, whether it's those teammates that are taking upon themselves to make things better and to improve the culture and carry on the culture, or quite honestly, some of my friends that own businesses that are really, really struggling and, uh, how humbling it's been to see their attitudes. You know, I'm not sure I could get out of bed in the morning if I was facing those kind of problems. And, uh, you know, to be reminded that you can uh, smile and sometimes even laugh in the face of some of those horrible situations and still get through it um, has been incredibly inspiring to me. And, Joel, maybe you can add a little bit, too, because I know one of the other things that's really cool at Tiger Paw is how you guys help veterans. Yeah, so one of our um, primary community involvement causes is um, uh, a location called uh, Victory Apartments, which is a low-income or free uh, housing for, for um, veterans who are in need. And uh, it's something that uh, all of our team is really passionate about. We, every summer, we do a, a grill out for them. We go to their facility, grill for them, serve them food, take, the, you know, take food to the apartments of those folks who can't come down and see us. And then we usually do other things for them throughout the year. Uh, those folks, even if, if, if you were allowed to get out and about, uh, struggle to get out and about. And so they're in more need than most. And our team um, has recognized their need and gone out and bought um, additional items for them and dropped them off here and arranged for 
the head of the Victory Apartments to actually come here and pick it up because we can't go and, and actually deliver anything to to the veterans there. So it's uh, that's inspiring to see that our team not only is looking out for themselves and, and their teammates, but also looking out for for our veterans and and finding ways to continue to serve them even though uh, it's not as easy as as it was before. So that that's very inspiring to me as well. And, and Jeff, you did mention at the beginning of the call uh, that you're going to be doing some, you know, fireworks for everybody. So what kind of inspired you to, you know, to do that? <clears throat> well, it's just uh, the season uh, approaching, you know, with, with spring and uh, soon summer going to be here. And, uh, you know, who, do, who doesn't like a good fireworks show? Usually do a little, a little slow demo thing for like some employees and things in the springtime, just showing new products and, and stuff like that. And, uh, leadership over at the, the main fireworks company that we work with just said, Hey, let's do something huge for the community rather than our small little show. And, you know, having employees and a few extra staff and things around, um, let, let's just do like a whole nother extra 4th of July and let's do it, you know, right now and just get people out of the house and give them something to be happy about and excited about. And while you can't necessarily all, all be huddled together in one spot, you know, you sit in your own cars or, uh, you know, put a lawn chair in front of your car or something like that and still still get out and get get a little bit of a uh, enjoyment rather than the constant news cycle of all the bad what a great way to help take people's minds off this thing even just for a little while and and kevin what about yourself what are you seeing out there are there any stories that have inspired you know you uh, moving through this well i mean you know i've happened to you know have my home office here and live in a, in oklahoma city oklahoma which uh, for those of you all that uh, know much about our history here, we just uh, uh, had our 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing uh, just this past week. You know, where 168 people, you know, were killed. And, you know, whenever you see an, an area that is going through the 25th anniversary, which is a big anniversary date on that, you see how much people are giving around your community. And the amount of people here that are really, really strong that have been through that before, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, it, it really hits your heart. And so what I decided to do as a company was I, I polled people and I said, Hey, what do you think we should do, you know, to help people out? And we are decided that we came up with the idea that to offer all of our copiers right now for the month of April at dealer cost to our, to anybody who wants to buy one, literally dealer cost, no markup, anything you know, just to help people out, you know, if they, if they were looking at, at buying or leasing a new copier right now, and but they simply didn't have the money to do it like they did prior to COVID-19, we can help them through that. We've offered to, you know, defer their payments, you know, or, or, defer, or defer the payment for the device for up to 90 days, you know, if they need to do that, just to where they can continue to function as, as a business like they would prior to COVID-19, and we don't make a dime on the actual unit itself that we sell to them. Well, that's really exceptional, and I think it's so important, you know, to let people know that even as a, you know, as a for-profit business, that you're really giving them a chance to say, look, there are things you have to get done right now. Let's just, let's just help each other, right? One thing I, I saw myself here locally, uh, we have a food bank, just like everybody else, right? And it's been, it's been under hard times. I mean, people trying to get food um, in food banks is, is probably difficult, you know, in, in most parts of the U.S. right now as well. And somebody locally, I'm not sure who they were, uh, but they donated uh, over $10,000 in uh, food gift certificates. And they were $500, you know, kind of a piece uh, to hand out to those people, right? So it really is inspiring to see, 
you know, what everyone's doing from a business perspective, people that are, you know, fortunately in a bit of a better place than other people uh, to make sure we help them get through it, right? So I really appreciate those stories and I know that our listeners will as well. So if we haven't, you know, dipped into this too much, let's just talk about the, the one thing. There are people in need, right? And, and Kevin, you were kind enough to share some uh, links and stuff with me and other people were as well. We have on the MPSA website, right? What advice do you have for people if they're, if they're looking for, for funding and having to move through that, you know, through that cycle? So I'll let anyone that wants to take that one, you know, sort of lead off on it. You know, I mean, we we immediately wanted to make sure we can do anything we can to protect our employees, you know, first and foremost. So, you know, I I looked from day one, got a hold of a, a U.S. senator here locally and got a list of each of the programs that were available to a company like ours where we live, as well as around the country, and literally applied for all of them. Uh, you know, we applied with the SBA. We applied with our bank, you know, for the um, payroll protection program loan, the EIDL loan, the economic injury disaster loan. Uh, we also have things available here in our state as well as in other states around the country that are both loans and grants. And you, know, you just need to see what is available from either the city you live in or the state. And then the U.S. Chamber of Commerce also offers a grant right now, you know, that, you know, these are non, you know, you don't have to repay them. I mean, you know, and that's those are things that are, you know, available from that perspective. And then, you know, different big companies like Facebook and Google also have programs you can apply for. So it's simply a matter of of looking to see what's out there, because during this time right now, cash flow is king. I mean, it really is. Cash flow is a big deal. And one thing that we've done is we prepaid a lot of, of invoices right now to where we don't have the effect next month you know, on invoices that, you know, would need, need to be processed typically. So, you know, we want to make sure we're on top of, you know, a cash flow situation, you know, and probably more on top of than we ever have been before. And so, James, you're going to add something there too. Well, similar to Kevin, is, is any assistance is available as a business owner you should go for. You know, they're, they're looking at a, they ran out of the payroll protection uh, program funding within two weeks. Um, I don't know if they're voting today or not here in the U.S., but they're they're going to fund that again. But my bet, my my money says it won't last, right? Um, I've talked to some business owners that didn't even know about the program because they don't read the news. Um, I've actually talked to a number of entrepreneurs that didn't want to take it out of principle. There's a pride element. Um, and even some of them said, I'm doing fine. I don't want to take it. And I think maybe it's our longevity and how long we've been around. You know, I know what it's like to damn near run out of cash. And, uh, you know, when, when uh, talks, Kevin talks about cash flow, the reality is if you're out of cash, you're out of the game. Uh, you know, that is an extinction event. And so I've been telling people whether you need the money today or not, if you qualify it, get it. Because you don't know what this is going to look like in six months. You know, is it going to be reopened in three weeks or three months? We don't know. So, you know, if the government is offering assistance and you legally, legitimately qualify for it, in my opinion, you should take what you can. If you don't need it in six months and, and your pride says give it back, then give it back. Uh, the, the problem is, and we, my father and I used to talk about this all the time when times were really tough. I mean, we've run a long time, and we've had a lot of tough times. And it's funny, you know, when you need money, nobody wants to lend you money. But when you're doing great, everybody's sending you the pre-approved credit offers and wants to give you money, right? So um, I, I'm, with, I'm with Kevin. When it's available, you take it. Whether you spend it, whether you give it back, what you do with it, you know, you can decide that tomorrow. But my advice is get it while you can get it. You know, and along that line, I mean, don't be afraid to ask, you know, people. I mean, what, you know, what if you have a local SBA office, if you're here in the United States, I mean, we have a local district office here in Oklahoma City. Call them up, find out. 
call your call your leaders. I mean, if if you have a U.S. senator that lives near you, a state senator that lives near near you, any type of congressperson that lives near you, call them. They know about these programs. There's nobody better than to to know about a program than the people that voted on it themselves. The, the one thing I want to move into now, we've we've already talked about uh, you know sort of people first and some of the things that we're doing to help people navigate this, right? And you know, I'm just wondering if there's um, if there's any sources of information that you found inspiring out there to help people, right? I can speak to one thing. Um, we're uh, myself and and uh, my CIO here at uh, at our company. We're quite heavily involved in our church, and we also have a school attached to that as well. And uh, we've really stepped up the technology there. Uh, we started live streaming and doing. Recording services and lots of that stuff, you know, several years ago. But it's really stepped up now. Um, we're live streaming all sorts of things. In fact, uh, in the middle of all this, we're doing an expansion and a full remodel of our entire school here, and doing a groundbreaking and live streaming that here this Sunday. We can get uh, reports and heat maps, and we literally have people all across the entire nation that are dialing in on our services every single week. We can, you know, from LA to Phoenix, to Ohio, Chicago, everywhere. You raise a really good point there. And, you know, we have churches here that are doing that as well. And sometimes for people, you know, the uh, video live streams are coming out of the churches themselves, even though they're empty. I've seen, you know, people with pictures on the chairs. I've seen uh, people use uh, uh, Zoom frames to have other people sort of, you know, join in. And especially right now, anything, if it's for mental health or spiritual health, those things are, you know, those things are incredible, right? So we're moving into the part of the interview where I'm going to ask you a really hard question. This question is always the hardest one of the entire interview. So if you had one piece of advice uh, for other dealers and providers out there, what would that be? And uh, Joel, maybe we'll start with you. Well, is advice that's already been offered is um, take care of your employees first. Um, at the end of the day, when we come out of this, uh, to the extent to which you've taken care of your employees will be remembered. Uh, the extent to which you're trying to take care of your customers today depends entirely on your the strength of your employees and whether um, they feel good about what you're doing for them and 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 have energy left to to give to your customers. Um, and uh, to me, just nothing is more important than than taking care of your employees today. So I'll say my one thing I think people should do in thinking about the future. And you and I have talked about this, and we, had, we did it with John not too long ago, McGinnis, build a recurring revenue stream. The people that are writing this out, um, the healthiest, I think, are the companies that have a recurring revenue stream that I've seen. Um, and that seems to be consistent through so many different things. I, I can tell you I'm seeing the power of that firsthand right now in what we're doing and what we've been preaching and the people that we work with that have done it, build a recurring revenue stream. It's not going to be an easy sell to your client base today, right? Doing anything that's asking them to give more or to change how they're buying from you. So, but the idea of planning for it and preparing for it, if you have some capacity and you have some time and you think you should be using that time, in, in my opinion, to think about the future, to educate yourself, to get your people educated, and really start looking about how do we transition for the future. And I think that if you don't have a recurring revenue stream, that should be one of the number one things you're looking at doing. And uh, uh, Kevin, you get the last word. So if there's, if there's one piece of advice from your experience that you can give people today, what would that be? Well, I mean, it started off uh, uh, at the very first piece of advice on here was you got to take care of your people. If you don't take care of your people, your business is going to die eventually. You know, I've worked for, you know, people and companies many years ago that all they cared about was, you know, 
hey, we're paying too much money to that salesperson. You know, we need to cut the comp plan. We need to do this, need to do that. You know, and all they end up doing is, you know, really screwing their own business over by doing that. Take care of your people. Don't mess with their pay. Take care of your people. And if you're loyal to your people and you do things for them that most other companies don't, you provide real value in working for your organization. And that's why we have virtually no turnover. Well, I love that. And I've seen examples of that from you throughout all the years that we've known each other. If I could leave one piece of advice for business owners out there right now, I would say uh, continue focusing on learning. And so obviously with Tiger Paw Radio, we encourage you to subscribe. Uh, We're going to be covering a lot of important topics uh, in the coming weeks to help you with your business, both to survive now and go into the future, as well as our blog series. So check that out at tigerpaw.com. On a personal level, I would highly encourage people, you know, read a book if you haven't read in a while, you know, go deeper in your hobby. Uh, if you don't have hobbies, find a hobby, right? But take, as you said, learn both your business and personable. It's a great time to be trying to take in uh, new information. It's a wonderful distraction. It's a personal enrichment. It's a positive use of time and energy. And I'm just, a, I just think everybody right now, if they've got the capacity and the time to, to dig into something. So gentlemen, I want to thank you all uh, so much for uh, joining in today's podcast, for sharing uh, both your wisdom uh, and your trials and your challenges uh, with the other dealers and providers uh, out there uh, in the world moving through the same things that we are right now. So to all of our listeners, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com podcasts. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.